0: Hi. How are you? You doing okay? Yeah? No. What's going on? I'm grateful for my mom, I'm grateful for my dad, grateful for my brother, sister. I've never really heard anybody say I'm grateful for myself. And I'm thankful for me. Just me. I am a very human person. <laughs> I fuck up. I do good. I struggle. I succeed. I fight. I love. And I am me. And nobody can take that away from me. Unless... You know, of course I go to jail or prison or something. And then I do become a uh, property of the, the state. <laughs> but I mean... So, even then, they can't take me from me. So, do you love yourself? Do you even know yourself? If you had to say one thing about yourself, would it be good or bad? The first thing that When you think of you. So when I think of me, the first thing I think of is Rebecca. The first thing that comes into my head is my name. Is that positive? Hell yeah. I used to hate my name. My parents decided that they wanted to name me Rebecca with a K A H on it instead of the. R-E-B-E-C-C-A which I think there was only one other Rebecca in my grade really growing up and she spelt it the wrong way which was C-C-A and I always kind of envied her because my name was different and it wasn't on anything spelt correctly my sister's name was Amanda which is the most common name I think for the 80s so, sh- every time, you know, personalized trinkets would uh, come into play, I would never get one with my name on it. And it pissed me off when I was a kid. It was like, oh, I would always get one that said, like, number one kid. Or, you know, they have the generic ones that are, like, fantastic. Or whatever it is. And I never got one with my name on it. Until one day... My Mammal got me a Bible and that Bible had a canvas, bad thing, cover, whatever on it. And it was maroon, and right there on the little Velcro pouch where you undo it to open it up, there it said, Beca. B-E-K-A-H Becca. That was mine. Mine. And I remember just thinking how cool that was. My opportunity. I think I we're going to scream. My aim was a K A H. I hope so. That's a longer intro than I expected, but you know the drill. My name is Rebecca. This is Null. Shout out to Anchor.fm. My boys, my girls, my homies over there. And you know what else? Shout out to marijuana. Mary, beautiful Jane. As a matter of fact, we better see what she's up to right now. Let's take a quick break. Hear a word from our sponsors. Come right back. I'll come right back to you. thinking of, I wanted to kind of talk to you guys about maybe, or just, I guess I'd be more like talking at you, um, whatever, anyway, I hope you're having a good day, and I hope that you're happy, no matter where you are in your life, like, as far as location, and, you know, geographically, or if, maybe, say, you had a different picture in mind when you thought about your life uh, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, uh, a year ago, yesterday. So say that you have a different picture in your head than what you see is is really happening is what you see as reality, what was real versus what you imagined in your head or in your heart or both. Even though you're not where you your mind thinks you should be, you can still be happy and find joy in the most simplest of things. It's easy. It's easier to smile. It takes less muscles to smile than it does to frown. I used to always say, yeah, but it takes about the same to flip you off when people would say that. (laughs) And that's the kind of joy I find. (laughs) So, there's that. But, it doesn't have to be giving someone the bird to be joyous to you. Lots and lots of things going on all around you. Pick something to be fucking happy about. You could be living on the streets, naked, hungry, dirty, and still... Well, really, that's a terrible situation. I don't know that anyone can make a joke, really, actually, about that. Maybe we should try a different scenario. Sorry about that. Uh, uh, Erases. (laughs) Backspace. (laughs) So, say you're... You come home and... There's a leak in the roof. You come home. Period. There it is. Be happy. There's really not much to it. If you can't figure it out, I'll help you. One day, there was a little boy, and a little girl, and they were brother and sister. One day, the mom came to their playhouse, and noticed the little boy was missing. this is not even supposed to, I don't even know what's going on so the little, actually she had her face, she was crying and the mom was like, where's your brother? and she was like, I don't know I don't know, and she couldn't stop crying and just screaming and and then they found him you want to know where he was? at your mama's house, (laughs) the (laughs) end, see ya, (laughs) I mean, either way, I want to get you to laugh, maybe it's the most unexpected laugh you're going to have all century, welcome, welcome, you can stay for as long as you want, for as long as you want, I can ride a country western, music song right now. Mm -hmm. You're gonna leave me, you might as well stay. One last night so we can... One last night so we can stake our claims. Sound of a whistle. Some people try to leave early and get there at cheap boomer sooners. (laughs) Horses, wheels, wheels from you know, baggins. I think that's buggy and wagon. I was trying to put together baggins. We'll call them bagsies for short. (laughs) But is that funny? So like, think about this. Like the land run. uh, The only reason that I really even know anything about it is. Of earth, but near and around all of me in Oklahoma. Then we had the 18, I think it's 1889. I better look that up. I'm not certain, but I do believe we used to have, we would reenact. September of 1893, was known as the Cherokee Strip Land Run. It opened 8 million acres, that's over 12, almost 13,000 square miles, to settlement. The land was purchased from the Cherokees, it was the largest land run in U.S. history, four times larger than the land rush of 1889. 1889, although not without precedent in history of the West, began the disposal of the federal public domain in Oklahoma. The legal basis for opening the Oklahoma District, now called Unassigned Lands, came in 1889 when, in the U.S. Congress, Illinois Representative William Springer amended the Indian Appropriations Bill to authorize President Benjamin Harrison to claim the two-million-acre region open for settlement. Under the provisions of the Homestead Homestead Act of 1862, a legal settler could claim 160 acres of public land, and those who lived on and improved the claim for five years could receive a title. The ink was hardly dry on Mayor Harrison's March 23, 1889 proclamation before Oklahoma settlement colonies were being formed in major U.S. cities. A multitude of impoverished farmers were not alone in their zeal to settle the unassigned lands, known popularly as the Oklahoma lands. Tradesmen, professionalmen, common laborers, capitalists. politicians alike looked to the cornucopia of opportunity offered by settlement of the long withheld lands of Indian territory. Across the nation prospective settlers began hitching their teams to wagons and loading aboard their families and scantily worldly goods. Others Saddled on their fastest horses or caught trains for what they considered to be the most advantageous point of entry. It is an astonishing thing, the New York Herald observed on the eve of the opening, that men will fight harder for $500 worth of land than they will for $10,000 in money. That men will fight harder for $500 worth of land, and they would for ten mil- thousand in money. I have to say ten million because I'm thinking <laughs> it's gotta be a little bit bigger than that. <laughs> the unassigned lands left vacant in the post-Civil War effort to create reservations for Plains Indians and other tribes were considered some of the mo- best unoccupied public land in the nation. The surrounding tribal-owned lands included the Cherokee Outlet on the north, bordering Kansas, the Iowa, Kickapoo, and Potawatomi Reservations on the east, and the Cheyenne and Arapaho Reservation on the west. These two would later be open to settlement. To the south lay the Chickasaw Nation. In the spring of 1889, the largest accumulations of would-be settlers Massed in campus at the Kansas border towns, mainly at the railroad towns of Arkansas City and Caldwell, with people being restrained there by U.S. troops. The boomer camps grew larger and larger. On the south, however, long lines of white sailed wagons wound their way up from Texas directly to the south line of the -the unassigned lands in Brazil and the Chickasaw Nation. From that point, many of the settlers. Moved northward up to the up the eastern line and along the main branch of the Canadian River, which formed the southern boundary of the target area. On the west, clusters of drought-stricken families from the Texas Panhandle and No Man's Land flooded the boundary near Fort Reno and west of Kingfisher Stage Station. The anxious crowds in Arkansas City and Caldwell demanded and received permission. To begin on April 18th their journey across the Cherokee outlet. Following a nighttime rainstorm U.S. troops began leading long trains of settler wagons over money trails across the Cherokee outlet toward their promised land. One memorable event during the Arkansas City Exodus occurred when the contang- contingent crossed the flood. The contingent across the flooded salt fork of the Arkansas River. They tore boards from a nearby Santa Fe Railroad Station and planked the railroad bridge that spanned the river. Settlers then unhitched their teams, pulled their wagons, and led their horses across the bridge. crowd, a harmonious and happy collaboration of 10,000 farmers, cowboys, and old soldiers in buggies, wagons, and horseback, helped one another ford the Cimarron River before making final camp at Buffalo Springs North and Kingfisher. There, on the day before the opening, Easter Sunday, they played baseball, held foot races, Conducted religious services. The Frontier Fellowship continued that night when the old army camp call of, Oh Joe, well here's your mule, circulated from one bedside to another through the darkness. Many hopeful land seekers in Arkansas City intended to ride in on the Santa Fe Railroad line that crossed the territory through the very heart of the Oklahoma lands. Similarly, Crowded the station at Purcell, filling a special boomer train to overflowing. Rail stations at Guthrie, Edmond, Oklahoma City, Verbeck, and Norman, created when the line was built in 1886 to 1887, offered high potential for town sites. Kingfisher, not then a rail town but a land office location like Guthrie, was also. A site of choice for settlers and townside companies, although the opening was directed principally to agriculture allotments, many who made the run were just as interested in the attending opportunities that came with the creation of towns and community co- governs. This is boring. Who made the run sought to beat others to choice homesteads by entering early and hiding out until the legal time of entry. These people came to know, be known as sooners. The hundreds of legal co- contests that arose from this practice should be dis- would be decided first at local land offices, then by the Department of Interior. Argument will arise over what constituted the illegal time of entry, sometime at high noon or meridian time. In theory, the rush for the land would be monitored by the U.S. troops. By fact, however, the thinly manned armed force maintained surveillance over only a small portion of the extensive perimeter of the Oklahoma lands. The troops that escorted the Caldwell and Arkansas City overland caravans, caravans monitored the line on the north. Troops were likewise stationed west of Kingfisher and on the line at Fort Reno. The largest accumulation of contestants were at the line north of the Mohole and Guthrie, north of Kingfisher, and at Purcell. But thousands of others surrounded the, te- the Oklahoma lands and at other sites independently in small conclaves. Not a few entered the run area ahead of time, joining the railroad men, carpenters, teams. Many were considered to be legal suitors. April twenty second, eighteen eighty nine dawned bright and clear upon the estimated fifty thousand people who surrounded the unassigned lands. As noon approached. Horsemen and wagons crowded forth to positions on the line, among them a few, hardly women. <laughs> because of the social restraints on the day, few African Americans were at the front, though many came in immediately behind the initial rush and were rightfully 89ers. The great dramatic moment came when, at the stroke of noon, starting signals were given to the many points of entry. In some instances, it was given by a blue-clad military officer firing his pistol or by his trumpeter, at times by a citizen firing his rifle in the air, or, as Fort Reno, by the bottom of a cannon, the boom of a cannon. All produced the same result: a tumultuous avalanche of wagons and horsemen, lurging forward all in one breathtaking instant. Dude, imagine that. Fuck, man. What if all of a sudden it was like, um... So, it was like, hey, uh, we've got actually this really sacred, probably, um, you know, cool land that we've taken really, really good care of, and... It's, uh, we don't, uh, we're going to let people buy it, but not with money, that was a thing. You had to live there for five years and do good, basically, and then they'll give you the title. What if they were like, hey, everybody, we've got basically free land on the 22nd of April next year in 1889, uh, man, it's 1888? <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> I'm sorry, my god, has anyone seen my cell phone? Yeah, but no, next year in April, they're hosting this big thing, like, they I guess, everyone's gonna, like, line up at the border and, like, bring, I guess, their moving trucks, U-hauls, or, or something, to go in there and get them some land, and you could get 160. You can get 160 acres tops. That must have been so astonishing. the picture in 1989. What's funny? I was born and raised in Guthrie. That's so funny. Thank mm-hmm. You thought you were getting hit with that double sponsorship, huh? Back to back. Well, you're not. And I want you to know that I believe even if you're not with your idea of the best place or most ideal or fulfilling, even if you're not there, even if you are there, there is like this cool of beacon of light that goes into the universe. And it's like a quiver you know people of you is this dream. And it is sometimes full, full, full. Sometimes not very full. But pick up a little few uh, coins up there on the end for maybe additional shipping because that weight was a little bit more than (laughs) your girl had expected. But other than that, it's free. My love is free. should be. Sometimes it shouldn't be. (laughs) You know, you ever feel like you should be getting paid to have to love someone, you know? Like, Alright, so we'll meet there tomorrow in the morning at 8. You want to meet there at 9.30? Well, uh, if I'm going to get my full 40, I need to be clocking in at (laughs) 8. So, (laughs) I don't even know. Unless I can stay late tomorrow (laughs) or something. Or if you don't want to uh, sleep for an extra two hours so we can spend some time together. Let me love you. What about what about that? Oh man, I bet you there were some hella, hella dramatic, fucking interesting fights going on in eighteen eighty nine. <laughs> Trying to fucking an old married couple trying to work together on the, this new land, promised land, trying to fucking put stakes into the ground so they can hang a cloth over it and have some form of shelter that they're going to build up from there. wonder how many people were so excited and that was their their, their ticket to get away from wherever they were and whatever they were been into and come and get uh, 160 damn Three acres of nothing but flat fucking dirt. wonder how much the Indians got paid for that, you know? wonder what the final payment, wonder what the 1099 shows is. Donation or what? How do we do we do this? Well, I don't know. I've never sold them. I just I found it on Marketplace. It says 160 acres, free. So we're, go, we're we're gonna go check it out. Mike's getting really uh, overworked at work. Anyways, not looking good for a chance of a promotion. We're we're thinking about leaving. Plus, if we want to start a family soon, it'd be nice to have some land raise the family, you know, so we're probably going to start packing uh, packing our wagons on uh, maybe the 16th or the 17th or something like that, maybe a week, week or so before, and uh, we even might sneak in a little early, you know if we can't pick out the most desirable piece of land. I would like to find mine by stream. And I'd like to find mine by Starbucks, bitch, so move over. <laughs> it's crazy to think that we're having a worldwide pandemic that we haven't had since I was born, I don't think, but we're having one, and think about how bad this kind of shit would have been back in, oh, I don't know, 1889. Like, you know, the, uh, the Rio, the, uh, Grand Rio Gorge. It's down there in Mexico. It's down there in Mexico. New Mexico. And it goes right through the name of Earth. You know, it's like a... It's just a big hole, really. A big crack in the center of the Earth. You know what I'm talking about? Anyway. It's there. And it's wild. It's wicked deep. It's fucking crazy like crazy. It's super, super deep. I think it's like a thousand feet deep or some shit like that. And, you know, there's a bridge over it, clearly. (laughs) But you, I don't know if you can anymore, but you used to be able to park and you can walk across the bridge. And it is some, let me tell you something. It is uh, somewhat alarming. You know, once you get, like you'll be walking up and as soon as you take that first step where you know there's no ground underneath you any longer, even though you're on the bridge already, it's just when the ground stops from underneath you, it's kind of like, oh shit. What the fuck is that, Jay? It's a baby fucking whale, Jay. It's a baby fucking whale. Yeah, that would have been weird. Look, I, I guess we're going to turn around now. In 1889, what the fuck? They didn't have no damn uh, government-ordinated uh, union type of people that worked on the city. Infrastructure was nothing at all, it was just land. And then a crack in the land, big holes. You know how many people probably lost their lives doing stupid shit around that damn thing too. Because you get once you go down, once it goes down, it goes down. And we're not talking, you know, <laughs> jumping from the. Excuse me, sorry. We're not talking jumping from. You know your simple top of the tree. You know the house jumping into the pool type thing. We're talking thousand feet. I don't know if that's true, but sun is a lot. So when you're walking on this bridge, and the cars are zooming by, it's a little frightening. And you're holding on to that rail, baby, like it's fucking 20-year-old <laughs> dick. I don't even know. I don't know why that came. That was that, but that's the way it came. And so, you're walking, and It's usually windy, but you come up with these little, um, like a little push out where they've built a little platform that kind of goes, reaches out a little bit more further than the bridge, and it has it's all, I mean, it's all kind of designated, you know what I mean? But there's one thing there that. When I saw it, I thought it was a joke at first, but it's really not. It's uh, a phone, and there's a little sign it that says suicide hotline. The call. Man, make the call. And you know, this time I just want to say my heart goes out to anybody who's ever been affected by suicide. for an episode? Is that even a thing? Over their head, you get a really cool badge if you know how many. Of them, if you're that weird, okay. We have parking lot tails, so number one. Pole cure two days, number <laughs> two. Front yard brawling, three. Number four is I need some soldiers in here. Five with my Monday. Six is T.J. Maxx and pulling and pranks. Seven is there anyone out there? 8. Short and sweet. 9. Is Ms. comfortable on there? 10. Love yourself and others. 11. Be a good kind of wound. Okay? Number 12. Remember life? Yeah. Number 13. Everyone F's up. Number 14. Best is yet to come. Number 15. Isn't that odd? Number 16. What do you want? Number 17. Bugbuster. Number 18. Deep and sad. Number 19, Emotional Encounter. Number 20, To Me, From Me. Number 21, 8-hour word from our sponsors. 22, Selena, Drama, and More. Number 23, Miss You, Turkeys. Number 24, this will be number 24. Part 1 of 24. Just kidding, but I think it's going to be part two, because <laughs> I've already recorded like, I don't know, 40 minutes of other fucking, literally me just jabbering, half of it you probably can't even hear, because I realized the microphone, it was like it's on and everything, but it's just, I was like leaning way back, and the chairs pushed way away from my desk, and I was just kind of whispering, basically, so sorry about that, it's up here on my chest now, I'm talking to you with a full chest. I'm not recording on that. I am. I'm sued, dude. Hello. Chapter 24. desires in your head. Think about that. (sighs) I mean to tell you, this is some tough shit, what we're going through. It is! just overarching, worldly, uh, big picture type of thing for me, I, now don't make fun of me, I literally see just like accept that can be brought into reality. We can't and we will. We can do it. There are more of us than there are of them. Fucking hall oh, no. <laughs> How cool would that be Fuck me. We gotta figure out a way to get that done That's gonna be a kick ass But first we need to focus on this land run coming up this April <laughs> If you wanna be able to get all 160 acres You're gonna have to have some way to block it off To tie it off have you picked your pattern? <laughs> I'm fucking great. news heads I guess I'll catch you later okay chapter 24 is officially over